0: On Heroes Not Included.
1: We started in the reception room, and Hecaton grabbed me up and thought that we were bad guys. Yeah, you you uh. We made our case, and then he said, "Come join me in the throne room." Mm-hmm. So we went to the throne room, where we were granted a boon. But in the throne room, I asked for the body of Jador, only to find out that he was alive. Mm-hmm. So I got him released. Uh, we also ran into Zephyros.
0: Yeah. So I'll do Zalto, I'll beat to hell. I'll beat to hell. Yeah, if you recall, uh, Zalto has lost the use of half of his face. Yeah. And like a leg. It's like a hammer-shaped bruise. <laughs> <laughs> and a leg, yes. He was, uh, if you recall, relieved of his... Oh, yeah, push. he was relieved of his post. They
2: did not go for my idea of Battle of the Century.
0: Oh, that's <laughs>
2: true. <laughs> oh, man. Think of how easy this fight would be. Like, okay, it's down the hole. <laughs> yeah, right? So as far as you know, the Colossus thing isn't an issue mm-hmm. anymore. And I think from that point it was pretty much let's get ready to go fight the dragon.
0: Heroes not included. Season 2. Okay. For the duration of this chapter, each of you will be responsible for determining the actions and reactions of uh, one of these bodyguards. I call Vasha. Vasha? Vasha is a travel aid merchant. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I'm just a healer. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm really the cook. I'm just along to make sure you eat well. Okay, so get there safely. <laughs> So, choose whoever you like. you chose chosen Vasha. Which one are you going to take? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Sizing them up. What
2: do they have on them? <laughs> I want to make a smart choice here. <laughs> uh, you
0: notice that it's they... Like kickball. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you notice that they all are carrying great swords. Okay. Kind of cool. Do they have any beards? Mm-hmm. All of them, mm-hmm. which
2: beard looks the most unkept? Sheldor's. Sheldor, it is. All right. Yes. You know, he's he's going to mess up some people because he just gives no I fucks. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll take the other. <laughs> well, uh, Neymar or, or Lecto? Or Lecto. So that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> So, Nobody if wants Nimor. <laughs> Poor Nimor. <laughs> back back to the bench, Nimor. <laughs> Although, I'll take Nimor <laughs> as well. No, uh, you only get to choose one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I and
0: mean, um, the other one goes at the king, yeah. technically. All right. With that, uh, each one of uh, the giants picks you up and places you on their shoulders. I say, uh, how long will we be traveling? It depends Perhaps a few days And how does one ride on a way? Ah He says, you will find out And with that The king walks from the room And his bodyguards follow him.
1: It's like a whole different world up here I thought riding on your door was different
0: Yeah, I mean you're, you're, It's like riding on top of a three and a half Four story building mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Maybe on the roof deck while it's moving, <laughs> as you make your way through the hallways, you come to a large domed room, and in the center you see this whirlpool, and Hecaton dives right in, and Nimir dives right in. You notice each one of your giants takes you off the shoulder, cups you in their hands, blows into their hand, and dives into the water. Oh, so much moisture. So we all just got blown by our giants. Yeah, and you notice that when they dive <laughs> into the water, that you aren't getting wet, that their hands have formed some kind of bubble that is keeping you dry. I'm slightly disappointed. Air. <laughs> so you can just ride along. You, you can obviously communicate. You can obviously tell, you know, Shabble, I'm going to let him do a okay. his job. It's his job. It's his job. He knows what's best right now. And they uh, swim for uh, some time. Until... So we're just sort of in there for a yeah. good And they're kind of just
2: swimming along. So I sit and I talk to Malthus for a bit. Okay. Read through my horrible black book. Yep. And I think, man, I cannot believe this patron has never shown up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a coward. <laughs> Malthus goes, it's not wise. That's very foolish.
2: Unless there's an in-credit scene, Malthus. <laughs> I'm not too worried. <laughs> oh, you will be. You
0: will be. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> Destiny point. <laughs> yeah, and they've come as they swim, they hold you kind of underneath their chest as they swim with one arm. And you see that they come upon these long, large animals that you take to be whales. I think only Kallik would recognize them. Are they, like, actual
1: whale-sized, or are they, like, giant whale-sized?
0: Calic, you know these to be called blue whales. Each one comes up and grabs on to a fin, and the whale begins to take off in a direction. Only an hour later, the giants surface, and you know immediately, Kallik, where you are because you find yourself in the whale bones you are home. <laughs> and you look around to see that you are on the outskirts of the whale bones. And in fact, you know this island well because it's mainly, essentially, just the top of a mountain from the ocean floor. And it stretches up into the sky. You've only seen this from a distance, but you know that there are birds that live up there. However... Giant birds. As you uh, travel with the giants up the side of the mountain... birds come into view you realize that distance plays tricks on you because as you get closer these are no regular sized birds (laughs) they are in fact quite large so large that they are able to hold storm giants on their back upon reaching the top the giants begin climbing on top of these gargantuan birds and the birds begin flapping their wings and creates a tremendous amount of wind and they take off you now find yourselves flying and soaring and from up here the ocean looks awfully small mm. and it doesn't look that far away from the coast at all mm. actually we'll be there a too <laughs> and in fact in about an hour's time you find yourself over land your giant charges tell you that they expect to be at their landing place within the next couple hours. And sure enough, within a couple hours' time, the giants set themselves down in a valley just west of the Anorak. From there, uh, you notice that the rocks fly up into the mountains in the distance. Hikatan says, We are buffeted halfway across the scenery. Hecaton <laughs> <laughs> ah! says, they will wait for our return. Emrith's lair is a half mile East of here She no doubt knows That we are coming Oh was that part of the plan
2: Could we we go with the plan again To fight the dragon (laughs)
0: Simple Mm. We lure her out and slaughter her
1: Yeah so how far away Are we luring her So we just like wait here No But it's a half mile that's not even that far
0: She won't travel a half mile we will we'll meet her on doorstep.
1: Sometime.
0: I will say
2: I once heard somewhere <laughs> that, that if I you mean, take this rope Again, yeah <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> again, dragon fighting, not my thing. I don't even remember where I heard this. But never find a dragon in its lair was the thing <laughs> that was it just echoes somewhere in my memory. Sounds like something a dwarf would say. Probably. They're <laughs> they're a logical and <in> good species. <laughs> He says, that's why we will lure her out. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure that was absolutely clear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we set a trap. Maybe a little ambush.
0: He says, I am open to that. My guards and I can march straight in. But perhaps, given your size, you could come around from behind mm, after she good. has been lured from her
2: lair. Yeah, I like this idea. I think uh, you guys taking most of her attention is the right thing to do <laughs> it is good to know that you are not cowardice absolutely not I have a strategic mind <laughs> and dimension door. <laughs>
0: Stab! I'm out! Yeah.
2: Peace! I I help. <laughs> Technically, I did fight I the dragon! once! <laughs> yeah. Please mail my XP to...
1: Was that Dragon Claw magical at all?
2: Oh, yeah. Also, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, none of you guys took the time to acquaint yourselves with well, it. I Well, I thought it was an art piece, and then I thought about it, and I thought, this is a terrible art piece. It's a dipped in chocolate silvery chocolate <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says it is a powerful artifact Ooh! we should incorporate this into the plan I will leave that to you and he and the guards begin marching <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I have to take magic does that tell me what it does or does it just mm-hmm. glow- get all glowy oh I guess I'm going to tell you You'd have to attune, right? Yep, it requires attunement. Who's going to attune to it? I will sit for 15 minutes. Okay. Look at it more closely. All right. Gross. It's yeah. gross. It's real. It's an ornamental. It is a
0: real dragon claw that has been dipped in silver completely. So it's heavy as well. Yeah, I'm holding it. It's really heavy. It. All right, it has the following actions. What oh, is it dining ball? As an action, you can point the claw at a dragon within 30 feet of you. The dragon must then succeed on a constitution saving throw or gain vulnerability to all damage types until the end of your next turn. This property can be used three times. The claw regains all expended uses at the next dawn. Okay, sounds good. The second thing that it does, while the claw is displayed on your person... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like an albatross around your neck. (laughs) (laughs) So you can can hold
0: it like this, I guess. You have resistance to the damage caused by any dragon's breath weapon. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, the third ability that it has. You can transfer the claw's magic to a place by tracing the worm rune that is on the claw on the ground with your finger. The point where you trace it becomes the center of a spherical area of magic that has a 100-foot radius and that is fixed to that place. The transfer takes eight hours of work that requires the claw to be within five feet of you. At the end, the claw is destroyed, and the area gains the following properties. While in the hundred-foot radius sphere, any dragon has disadvantage on saving throws and can have a flying speed no higher than ten feet. So, I look at it, Mm -hmm. and I stand
2: up very quickly, and I just take off back towards where Hecaton has been walking. Yeah, they're down the way there. So, yeah. And I say, I have a new plan!
0: (laughs) And then try to catch up to him. Okay. You're out of breath, Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) finally he he turns and he says, Ah, are you
2: coming with us? (laughs) I go, yeah, so, you know what this thing does, right? (laughs)
0: Yes. I think we should use it. That is why I gave it to you.
2: Okay, well, I'm going to need about eight hours.
0: (laughs) So maybe you guys can camp. Emereth knows that we are here. Do you think she will give you eight hours? Oh, damn it. <laughs> I guess not. We should have talked
2: about this more. <laughs> well, you can still use the Worm Slayer action. Yeah, the thing that lets it, that uh, takes away its invulnerability or immunities. It makes it, not
0: only takes away its immunities, it makes it vulnerable to all damage types. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's... If it fails its its Constitution saving throw, it's vulnerable. So it takes times two damage from all damage types. And all you have to do with that is just to uh, point the claw at a dragon within 30 feet of you.
2: And have the dragon fail the Constitution constitution saving saving throw.
0: Usually one of the best saving throws. We'll see. So this is a valley that you've been dropped off in. And the valley opens up into a desert plain. And just on the horizon you can see what looks like some old ruins. And Hecaton and his guards are marching in a straight line right at them. March slower. Mm -hmm. We gotta go around. It's gonna take us longer. Well, don't you want them to soften everything up? Yeah. So. I walk as fast as them. I know. (laughs) Which Mm -hmm. direction do you want to come from? How do you want to do it? So the valley is north to south. Uh, east to west, east
2: west, and they're walking straight east. I say we make our way across the north and see if we can find a come in from north. whatever I think will give us the best high ground.
1: yeah, I'm gonna need to find a, a place where I can actually hide. High ground. place where you can hide
2: yeah, like a like a blade of grass and you're just like, oh,
0: shit, he's gone. There's
2: just grass there.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, kind <laughs> of. but
0: well, you know they're they're marching towards some runes. Some old ruins mm-hmm. of, a, of an ancient dwarven city. So um, there uh, would be quite a few places to hide amongst the rubble. Yeah, but isn't that
1: her lair? Is the city? No. Her lair is the temple within the city.
0: You know that her lair is in that vicinity. Mm, we don't know exactly. But that. it's a dwarf. It's an ancient dwarven ruin. So where do dwarves build? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So if she comes out to, to fight them, the top side. yeah, she will
0: um, okay. be very visible. As, in terms of high ground, this is a desert plain. This, this, the valley literally falls away into just desert. Um, there are dunes, but none of them are of such size that you would have an ability to overlook, if you will, the old ruins. Well, high ground isn't useful for me at all.
2: Okay. So. No, I know where you'll be. Yeah, I'm. Alright. We're sneaking our way up. You
0: guys make your way around from the north. You're right. going to come down that way. Mm-hmm. As you guys approach from the north, you come in sight of what looks to be an ancient amphitheater. As you have passed through ruins, it's clear that the amphitheater once stood at the center of a magnificent city, which now lies buried under the sand. The walls have abundant cracks and other handholds. They appear easy to climb. And you notice dotting the surface of the amphitheater are stone gargoyles and trebuchets. Trebuchets? Pointing outward from the amphitheater? Yes. Yeah. Mm. The gargoyles have already begun firing the trebuchets at Hecaton and the giants. (laughs) Suck to be down there, right? (laughs) Roll initiative.
1: Oh. Oh, Aspen. Good, Taking good. a little off guard. Got that out of the way.
0: Five. Five for Calic. Eight. Rolled a one. <laughs> um. Eight for Aspen. Rolled
1: a five. Ten. A Ten point. for AoE. Double digits. Good on ya. <laughs> Somebody at the table had to mm-hmm. do it. I'll have to
0: <laughs> okay. And you hear. As you are making your way through the ruins, coming closer and closer to the amphitheater, you hear Hecaton, Emereth, come out and face me, you cowardly worm. I will gut you like a fish and make my home in your bones. And you hear from beneath you, a roar. But you hear this roar that makes the ground rumble. And sand begins to shift. And out from the center of this amphitheater, a hole appears. And so does Emerith. Full, dragon size. In front of me and
2: Aspen, uh-huh. and I'm me. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: front of me, Aspen and I.
2: <laughs> Seems to be a large, shimmery piece of ruin.
0: Okay. Ruin. 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 A <laughs> uh, large piece of ruined stone. Yes. And uh, you can see, even from where you are, despite the several-story nature of the amphitheater, that Emerith is head and shoulders above it. She comes out and she takes one look at Hecateau. She says I have been waiting For this moment I am going to use Your bones as toothpicks I start shaking this This Foot Get that (laughs) Has to be within 30 feet Mm. (laughs) How far away am I? Uh, You guys are on the outside Of the amphitheater And she's on the inside Of the amphitheater Okay I would say you're probably 100, 200 feet away Okay in and it's moment. an amphitheater,
2: so it's like a kind uh, of like, yeah, a like a half in, of a coliseum. In down,
0: like like half of a coliseum. Okay. And instead of being in down, and you can only assume that maybe the in down part has been covered with sand, and that's okay. where she came up from. Because only the top three or four stories are visible, about forty feet in the air at the highest point, and about ten feet in the air at the lowest point. skis. And if I was in the amphitheater, I would be within range. Oh yeah. Okay. And with that, Hecaton and Emerith come together. But what's also distracting is that you count easily 20-some-odd gargoyles that have come to life.
1: Yikes.
0: And they begin moving and swarming around. Some are firing the trebuchets. So I have um, Malthus. Mm-hmm fly in to be my eyes okay you can tell that even Malthus is is a bit hesitant with the idea but no so anyway (laughs) I grab him by the body and I say I wouldn't be seen (laughs) and then okay Uh, what's the DC to see through uh, your illusion 17 my spell say or my spell DC wisdom right an investigation check Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. okay
0: so that gargoyle doesn't see you that gargoyle doesn't see you. Uh, gargoyle doesn't see the three of you. Alright. A group of gargoyles who have been scanning the horizon for more army Tomorrow, right? do, in fact, see through your illusion. Okay. And they are going to be begin making their way down, down. towards the three of you. <clears throat> Aspen, it's Vasha's turn. It's Vasha's turn. Vasha is in the arena next to Hecaton. Right.
1: Well, uh, I think Vasha is the kind to just run in and go for it. Alright. So Vasha is gonna run to this side. Alright. Roll an attack. And two attacks. Yeah, Vasha gets two attacks. Ooh. Not
0: twenty. Nat 20.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's gonna be good. And then a nineteen? And then a 19, mm-hmm. that's a miss. Mm-hmm. But the first one does double damage. Yeah, so let's just... 12 die 6 plus 9.
1: So 45 points of damage.
0: Nicely done. All right. Vasha stabs Emerith. All right, Emerith's turn. Oh. So uh, Emerith is going to use a tail attack legendary action against Vasha. 21 is most certainly a hit on Vasha. And does 19 points of damage with the tail hit to Vasha? Ouch. And now on per turn, each creature of the dragon's choice that is within 120 feet of the dragon, unaware of it, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be frightened for one minute. So Vasha, Shaldor, or Lecto, we need all of you to make rolls to see if you are frightened and a ton of gargoyles a 20 roll 20 good job uh 25 uh 23 all right none of the giants are frightened by emirith spit on them. is that a free action <laughs> <laughs> i can do between turns yeah you can do. <laughs> spit freely <laughs> you can spit freely uh now with that done uh, she is going to attack Hecaton with her Bite, and hits And then she is going to use her Claws on Vasha, and does 15 points of damage with the first Claw hit, and hits with the second Claw, and does another 15 points of damage. All right, Mir's turn. And uh, Nimir is going to attack Imrith as well. Going for the Rings, opposite side. Yep, brings up his great sword and swings. Mm. And misses. And gets, a crit- <laughs> and gets a critical hit. Oh, because he was just winding up. It was really one big <laughs> hit. And then Imrith replies with a tail. Swipe at Nimir Hits. Okay. Gargoyles engage with uh, mm-hmm. the giants, but they miss the giants in their attack, and that brings up Orlecto. What's Orlecto doing? Um, helps. attack <clears throat> Attack the dragon Yep.
2: Is he swing. gonna run in or is he gonna
1: throw a rock? Because he knows to throw rocks from a distance. Like oh,
2: the ruined parts of city.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we'll do that. Picks up a giant piece of ruined city. 14 plus 14, 28.
0: 28 mm-hmm. hit oh, damage 4 die 12 plus 9 plus 9 mm-hmm 26. 26, 7 eight, 9 eight, 18 plus 9 27 27 nice <coughs> throws so a rock and smacks the earth in the head right upside the noggin mm-hmm she uh, uses a wing attack buffet. Just buffeting. So if your giant charges would please make a dexterity roll. Is dexterity saving through? What's the range? Any within 15 feet of her. So just the guy's right of honor. Yeah, or Lecto won't have to worry about it. Ooh,
1: what is it? A dex?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 19. Oh, right. (laughs) Vasha takes 15 points of damage, so does Nymir, and they're both knocked prone not to prone as well. Uh, Shaldor. What does Shaldor do? Shaldor is going to hurl some lightning against a blue dragon? No, against the gargoyles. Okay. That are they're swarming in? Uh, yeah, this guy. This
2: five, fiver group. Okay. These, these are coming at us. Yeah, but he's playing the giant right now. The giant really doesn't give a shit about us. Oh. Yeah, yeah sorry. I got what you're doing now. So you can get um, two of them with a lightning strike, I think. If that's how a lightning strike—if it's like a lightning bolt,
0: or is this like a attack of itself? It's uh, each creature within ten feet of the point. Oh, it's the area of effect. Yeah, within five hundred feet. So uh, they must make a DC seventeen Dex save. Okay. They miss. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Fifty-one. Wow. <laughs>
1: Yes!
0: <laughs> and like that, tell me, Eobard, how do you destroy two of those gargoyles? Well, let me um, go, let me
2: just, let me lay it out for you.
0: Tell, <laughs> tell me, Shaldor, how do you destroy two of the gargoyles in that group? Oh, they just, oh, it's totally anime style, right? Like,
2: yeah, it's, it's just like oh, total disintegration. disintegration. They just completely. You see them reaching out and
0: going, ah, got in dark black world. line form. Flesh in this or are they made of rock? Um gargoyles are actually flesh, they just look like rock and they can oh. they can stay still. Yeah. For, so kinda like in those words, those, in, was, an infinite um, period of time. Black damage. There's those yeah. roctopus. <laughs> huh? The Roctopus. Roctopus. A little bit like a Roctopus, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh alright. Now, Eobard. Oh. What would you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> you see this group of gargoyles um flying towards you. Yep. And they're seeing a shimmery thing. Uh,
2: these, this group has seen through your illusion. okay. I just go um, Hey, don't forget that potion and then I touch <laughs> Aspen and we port. okay? <laughs> don't forget the potion. <laughs> all right? Okay. So we'll say only one.
0: <laughs> and we go all the way to that back corner Bling. Bling. So on the to the other side of the amphitheater. Yeah. okay. Preferably behind
1: a thing. Yeah.
0: Aspen, what do you do? Now that you find yourself where you are. Uh, I
1: stumble a little bit, and then I think real hard about what I know about blue dragons, because I've got <laughs> a lot of different kinds of poisons here, and I, I need to take <laughs> gonna... the right one. Take this!
2: <laughs> are you not to tune it yet? <laughs> uh, so
1: this is a 14 on my
2: nature roll.
0: 14 on your nature roll, all
2: mm-hmm. right. Oh, might I um, retcon one thing? Also, I yell at Malvis in my mouth in my mind to sabotage the trebuchets oh okay I'm hoping it's as easy as this is pretty impressive unless you cut that
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yoink, yoink, <Malvis! laughs>
0: uh, you know that blue dragons are vain and territorial
2: you look beautiful
0: you know that they, <laughs> they prefer <laughs> deserts and they're known for preying on caravans Um, and raiding from deserts into verdant lands and plundering. Uh, You also know that they are easily recognized by dramatic frilled ears and massive ridged horn that sits atop their heads. Uh, Pretty certain I'll recognize her when I see her. (laughs) You know that their uh, scales vary in color from iridescent azure to a deep indigo and often are polished to a glossy finish because of the amount of sand that they surround themselves with. Hence, why they're vain, then why they live in the desert. Uh, you know that they covet valuable and talented creatures whose services reinforces their sense of superiority, so that bards, sages, w- artists, and wizards and assassins are oftentimes agents of blue dragons.
1: Okay, I've read a book about this once. I can... So, you might get captured, I just have to be impressive enough.
0: You know that they are hoarder- they are known to be hoarders of gems and uh, that they will not stand for any remark or insinuation that is weak, that they are weak or inferior, that they take great pleasure in lording their power over other lesser creatures.
1: Okay. Don't know anything about their biology or what they might be weak to. Um, the only thing you know in terms of... Or if they just might be able to be, you know, per se, poisoned.
0: You have no idea.
1: I don't know if they can be susceptible to poisons at all.
0: From what you know of dragons, you would be surprised if Emerith would be susceptible to poison. Okay.
1: That's my turn, right?
0: Yeah, that was was an action. Okay. All right, Hecaton. Time to show us what the so-called (laughs) HGIC... Well, for starters, you hear this ginormous thunderclap. He would call it a regular size. He would call it a regular
2: size.
0: It's not lightning, but more of a thunderbolt. A bolt of thunder. I thought it was maybe like the Hulk attack. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, a little bit like that. And uh, you hear this gigantic boom of thunder go off right in Emerith's face. And he hits... And now he's going to attack because Hecaton gets legendary actions. Cool. Let the legendaries duke it out. <laughs> <laughs> he was,
2: he was right. It's
1: like way back in the beginning when Jador was in the orc fight.
2: <laughs>
0: you got this. They were yelling
1: in each other's faces. <laughs>
0: you see out literally of thin air he f- you see wind swirl around and take the shape of a javelin. And he takes the javelin, and he stabs Emerith with it. And the great thing about the wind javelin is that it always hits. That's cool. That's a good thing. We really appreciate that. It. it makes you feel good inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually knocks mirth back a little bit. Ooh. All right. The gargoyles are now within melee range of you, Calic. Okay. And uh the first one is going to try and attack you. And it misses. really hard to punch. And man. it misses. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> bleep 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 bleep. <laughs> and the second one misses and then finally hits with its claw. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's like a kind of movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and does uh, a whopping massive Hang on to your chair, five points of damage. Ooh, hurts.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you lick, lick the blood from your hand? It's just water, anyway. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. i <laughs> hydrated. Another gargoyle in the group misses, and the final gargoyle uh, hits once with its claw it's a and does uh, eight points of damage. Okay. Kallik, you're up. So, I immediately lock eyes with the one that nicked me first. Okay. The, Uh-oh. My nunchaku swings up and in a kind of uppercutty way. Smacks underneath. Ooh, nice. smacks under those. Yeah. Good. Throw it down. Thirteen. Swing and a miss. So on that, that up,
2: I just come down with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what? Twelve miss again. Uh-oh. Nothing happened. Alright, some gargoyles fire a trebuchet at the two giants who have stayed back. So that would be Shaldor and Orlecto. And the first trebuchet lands and hits. Do I they attacking? This first one hits Shaldor and does 58 points of damage. Oof, from the stone. That was gonna get on. <coughs> 58 points of bludgeoning damage. The second one is firing at Orlecto and gets a critical hit and does 81 points of damage to Orlecto. Who's firing the, be- the trebuchets? The gargoyles. There are gargoyles, many of the trebuchets. Let's be sneaking up over this one. And that brings up Malthus so what is uh, Malfus's idea what does he want to do to the trebuchet he wants to find one
2: of the major ropes used for like arming it so I'm guessing they need something to try to pull it back down and he's going towards one of the ones that hasn't fired yet and trying to cut just the main rope okay it
0: seems to be the most poignant way to quickly disarm a trebuchet yeah sure alright roll for damage since the rope isn't going anywhere, I assume that he's going to be able to hit it. Seven points of damage. Okay. All right. Some gargoyles. The other group of gargoyles is going to uh, attack these giants, where Lecto and Shaldor are being attacked by gargoyles. And the gargoyles are not having a lot of success. Uh, one does finally make it through, and does a whopping six points of damage... To Shaldor. Okay. Aspen, Vasha. What's Vasha doing? Vasha
1: is gonna stab again. Because that's what Vasha is about. With the great sword. 25.
0: Hit. Uh, 20. Miss. 34 points of damage. 34 points of damage. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Alright. So in response, Amrith does a tail strike against Basha and uh, hits, does 17 points of damage and then dives back down the hole. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today using your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. Find all of our episodes on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroes not included. And finally, our podcast is supported by Tevya Schmidt, Chris Gergetch, Josh Heddle, Allison McManus, Shane Fetters, Jake McNinch, and Amy Trout along with all of our awesome patrons. Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. And until next week, be the hero.